reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Welcome to Preston Super Show. We are talking about the conference championship weekend for college football. Ten big games I'm going to discuss right here. These are the ones that matter. A lot riding on the line for these teams. New Mexico State Aggies 10-3. and three. And they are a plus 300 underdog against the Liberty Flames tonight. Let me tell you, folks, that New Mexico State team can fly. But that Liberty Flames team has built up this program into something very special. And in the Conference USA, these are two respectable teams. It's hard to say that New Mexico State won't perform well. But you have to understand about the neutral site that they play at. And it can be noisy for both teams. Liberty's biggest problem is starting too slow. New Mexico's biggest problem is not finishing well enough. I'd rather have the slower starting team than the team that doesn't finish well. So I'm going to go with the Liberty Flames tonight. I respect their team. I respect what they've been able to do this year going undefeated at 12-0. And I think that people should talk a little bit about this team more. Um, They have earned the right to win. And that's what it's about. You know, as the great Tom Coughlin said, you got to earn the right to win. And when you understand that, you can become a champion. So, yes, I do believe the Liberty Flames understand that ideology and they will become champions of the Conference USA in 2023. Tonight. It's a big game. It's a special game. Both these teams come in here on a roll. I mean, these teams have been winning. You're going to get a good game. You're going to get a good game in Lynchburg, Virginia. Williams Stadium. Folks, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. And this won't be a neutral site for these teams. But I respect the tenacity of New Mexico State to come in there and for for them to keep this a close game until the end and I think Liberty's going to pull away next up now this is a game everybody's going to want to watch and we're getting it tonight And, and I can be honest with you and say I don't think this is fair to the players and you say what do you mean You're asking me to break it down now. Well, let's talk about it. 
let's let's talk about it. Let's let's everybody br- bring it in here. Let's talk about this. Oregon Ducks versus Washington Huskies, Pac-12 championship. We all probably, everybody that's hearing this, we've all probably believed that was going to be the Pac-12 championship. Probably, maybe five weeks ago, you could have said a different team, and they're like USC, Washington's, uh, you know, Washington State upset, or I mean Oregon State upset. Um, but if those those teams just couldn't hold up. As a team, they couldn't hold up. As a team, Washington has held up. Oregon has only lost against Washington. And for them to lose twice in the same season to Washington with Bo Nix playing the way he is and this Oregon defense playing better than they have all year, that is going to be a tall order for Washington. Here's why it's not fair. Here's the point. Friday night. That's not fair. That's not fair to two uh, dominant teams to have to show up on a Friday and play. They should be playing like everybody else on the Saturday except for uh, New Mexico State and Liberty. And you know what? That's Conference USA. And neither one of them have a shot for the college football playoff. You're talking about two teams that are still in the running for the college football playoff. And you got them playing on a Friday. This is a game for us as fans, not fans of Oregon or fans of Washington. Because if you had to ask who I liked more, I would say I'd be leaning more towards Washington as who I liked more as a team, as a program. Because I just, you know, Oregon's one of those, you know, very, you know, different types of schools. And, and, you know, it's just like a football team that I've never really, you know, was was that enthused about. I just understood that they had good teams over the years and had been able to see them compete, win a national championship and all that, and bring the program to a high status. But I kind of liked Washington being that shadow team. That was just kind of always around and always trying to knock off a good team. And then they became a good team themselves when they got, you know, the transfer portal changed college football forever. The NIL has changed college. The NIL agreements have changed college football forever. It'll never be the same game. Um, And with Phoenix Jr., specifically this Washington team, I really like. But their defense will not hold up. And Bo Nix is um, really focused. Really focused right now. And I'm telling you, this Washington defense won't hold up. Playing on the pro field. um, Out there on the Raiders field. So we'll see who brings it. The neutral site game should give Washington a lot of encouragement but I feel like Oregon has too much going right for them they've looked too too dominant you know every game they play it's 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 been pretty much dominance and you know from the beginning of the year up until that Washington game and then after that Washington game they, they didn't they have not not let that game bother them I mean they have been waiting for this 
and Washington knows it, and they're the team that is back against the wall. And they have Phoenix Jr., who I do like a lot. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he can be a pro. I think he has all the mechanics. I think he's patient. But I think that this is a game for Oregon to win. And that's my pick. I like um, Washington plus 9.5 as the best bet. The total's at 65.5. I believe they do go over that. Um, In the Liberty Flames game, in the New Mexico State Aggies, so I can give you my pick on that for tonight. Um, Very simply, make sure I give you this pick here. I like uh, the over, 57.5. I like that to get to 58. And uh, Liberty puts together a really good game, but New Mexico State hangs around. They got a good quarterback. Um, They find themselves in a really good situation, to be honest with you, being able to make it here. I think it gets to 58, no problem. That would be my best bet on the Liberty Flames versus New Mexico Aggies game. My favorite bet of the night is Washington plus 9.5 for Friday night. And now we move on to Saturday with the Oklahoma State Cowboys versus the Texas uh, Longhorns. And it's a tougher game for Texas than people think. Um, Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, 17 touchdown to five interception ratio, has been solid all year. Missed a game with an injury other than that. He's been great. Total at 55 and a half. Texas is uh, 15 point favorites game is at the Cowboys field, AT&T Stadium. So not much of a neutral site for Oklahoma State. Um, But at the same time, that total at 53 and a half is the money spot. I mean, this game gets to 54 points. No problem. It's a cinch, a lock. You know, I don't even like that word, but it, it is pretty much a lock. Let me tell you why. There's some uh, outside forces at play. There's some uh, extenuating um, circumstances. And I was able to see that one of those was a dead longhorn cow found on the front lawn of a fraternity for Oklahoma State. And all I could think was, what's going on here? This is something, you know, this smells like, you know, foul play. So the only thing I could think of was, I think I actually believe they're smarter than that at the fraternity than to do a stunt like that. In my heart, I actually believe they're smarter than that. But I believe there is some foul play here. I mean, this is weird. You know, you're playing Texas versus Oklahoma State in a, Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship in a dead longhorn, surprisingly, a big ass cow is dead on the fraternity's front lawn. The optics are terrible. It is the worst image. I mean, when you say that, it just, everything sounds guilty. You know, so the only thing you can really see here is that Texas is going to come kick ass, right? Like Texas's players catching wind of that today knowing the game's tomorrow you know 11 a.m. 
you know, if they're about to kick this ball off and Texas is going to light it up. That's why I said take the over because Oklahoma State will still score. But um, Texas will score, you know, in bunches here and they have the team to do it. They put up 57 on Texas Tech. Then um, what hurt Oklahoma State was going to double overtime against BYU. Now, it helped them because they had to do it to win to get here. But it hurt them because it was a double overtime. These guys are gassed. And they're going to come in this game, and they're not going to be able to keep up with Texas. And um, like I said, they'll be able to score because it's not like Texas defense, you know, can't be scored on. But it will be like, you know, 14 points. So Texas will do the rest and get this over for us and win this game easily. And it's very sad. And I'm actually disheartened to hear that about the Longhorn dying. Uh, I don't like hearing that stuff, you know. Rubs me the wrong way. But the next game is going to rub us the right way. Uh, because it's the Miami of Ohio Redhawks who are coming on strong. Like really strong. And they're playing uh, against the Toledo Rockets. Now the Redhawks are 10-2. and two, And the Rockets are 11-1. and one. And being able to watch both of these teams helps me shape this game for you. And uh, I really like that uh, you'll remember this name if you're a football fan out there and you remember Blaine Gabbert. Well, this is Brett Gabbert, and he's at Miami of Ohio, and he's pretty sharp. Um, and he's at the quarterback position there, going to lead this team to a possible upset against the Toledo team that uh, made it here. But, um, you know, a lot like Miami of Ohio, uh, they it's, you know, I don't want to call them, you know, say a soft schedule and disrespect them because they have to play the games in their conference in the MAC. And I actually like the MAC a lot. And I think there's some really good talent in the MAC. But, you know, it's just not the strongest, is the best way to put it. Not the strongest conference. Okay. And when Toledo did play Miami of Ohio October 21st of this year, Toledo snuck by. And it was an ugly game for both offenses. And the defenses balled out. And this time around, I think that there's going to be more points. You know, totals at 43 and a half. 44 points is a cinch. And I love the 44 points because these offenses are tuned up since October. Getting this game on December 2nd. October 21st was when they played last. And they've been, you know, consistently improving. And Miami of Ohio is getting it done in a lot of different ways. They shut out Akron, which was really a, a good, feel-good win for this team. They beat Buffalo, made sure the Buffs don't have a chance. Then they beat Ball State. You know, and a lot of people say, well, they could barely beat Ball State. Yeah, well, you know, they're on the road. And they're, they're playing a game where they're not like the healthy, they weren't the healthiest team. Now Toledo, they're scoring and lighting it up. So I like Toledo to win, but I don't think it's a huge win. I do like the over though. I like the over there. Um, 
and I'm looking at that really carefully, been kind of, you know, checking that out. They'll get there. It's just low enough. You know, it's one of those numbers that's like, whoa, mm, they put that too low. You know, it's a little bit too low for these two teams. So if you can get on that when you can, uh, that would be great, actually. I think you would be very happy with that. Now we go to the Mountain West Championship. And who wins this matchup is actually pretty tough. And the public's rolling with UNLV. But I think a lot of that's going to start to peel back towards Boise State side. When people realize like how good Boise State is. Like they're actually pretty good now. Like, like what? How are they good? They're 7-5. to five. Whoa, man. Don't taste me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a team that is actually come on. And Gentry running the ball is like a spark plug. Then you have Eric McAllister, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he causes just trouble for teams. But I think, um, like, a couple things I noticed from watching these teams, and I'll go back to Boise State. I'll talk about the Wyoming game for them. And uh, Wyoming was a team that, you know, we've seen them in the past weeks, and they've been looking a lot better. And uh, at that point in the season, they were pretty pretty strong. And that's that game, actually, is the game that turned around this season. Now, I know they, Boise State lost to Fresno, but they were at Fresno, and they put up 30 on them. And Fresno State scored 37 and won a game. But when you look at then what continued to happen, Boise State went played the Lobos, and beat them 42 to 14, Utah State 45 to 10, and uh, then Air Force, who is a was a dominant has been a dominant team the last couple of years, but they're really dominant this year. And then the little bit of an injury bug caught up with them, and um, they beat Air Force 27 to 19 in a very tough game, mind you. And when you look at UNLV, they lost to Fresno. Uh, they did what they needed to do against the Lobos and Wyoming and Air Force as well. Played Air Force in a very tough game. And they actually lost to San Jose State. And then my opinion on this team started to change a little bit. And I started to really look at this team a little bit deeper. And um, I don't believe, you know, like in, like the statistics define a team. Because there's a lot of stat stuffy, you know. And if you don't know what that means, it's just players padding the stats against not so good competition. So there's a lot of stat stuffy in college football. So you have to be careful about just relying on stats. It's good to watch. And the physicality of these defenses is going to push this total under. So I like the under 60 and a half here. I like Boise to actually win this game, pull this out. They're the favorite, minus two and a half. Game is being played at Allegiant Stadium, 2 o'clock, so Raiders Stadium tomorrow. The field's going to be a little bit tore up. Then they have to rebuild to get it all ready for tomorrow. Um, so, no, I like the under here, um, UNLV, and I do think they'll do a good job, and I don't think they're going to do a bad job with anything. I just think that, nah, the field's going to be a little bit still, still a little bit rough for these guys. But I like the under here, under 60 and a half points. I think Boise State pulls it out. I think the defenses are going to cause some turnovers. 
I think that you have to keep in mind Mountain West Championship. No one's got home field advantage. Well, the UNLV Rebels, basically, they're, this is their, their stick. They're basically playing here anyways. So, you know, on this type of field, I felt like it was a weird thing that someone's going to play on the field before they just go and play on it, like the day before. And I was like, man, that's weird. Why would they um, want to do that? You know, I, I just didn't understand it. And I was like, well, if that is what they do, then then I definitely like the under here. So um, UNLV getting basically the home field advantage here, you know. So you got them getting the home field advantage. And Boise State will have some fans there. Because, I mean, from freaking where they play, it's not too, too far. It's still a little bit of a travel. <clears throat> it's still a little bit of a ways. But Boise State, looking to me like they have the firepower to keep up with UNLV. And I don't see that uh, Jaden Maiava going off on this Boise State team. I think Boise State can, you know, flourish uh, on this field. But to be fair, if we're talking about fairness, they need to have all of these games at a neutral site. I mean, what's up with this shit? Can't get these games on a neutral field? So, the Georgia Bulldogs are going to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Bulldogs are 12-0. and Alabama's 11-1. and Their only loss coming against freaking Georgia. But you have to look at this for what it is, right? Like, total at 55.5. Georgia minus five favorites. I feel like Alabama falls apart. Um, I like that, you know, Alabama's played better. But I'm not impressed with this Alabama team like I am with this Georgia team. Like, the way this Georgia team held on against Georgia Tech, the way they dominated Tennessee, the way they, you know, put it on Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss when Ole Miss was catching fire. I mean, they've been they've been winning when they need to. And you can't say that, um, and Alabama actually lost to Texas, excuse me. Uh, Alabama's only losses to Texas. And, uh... The main thing you look at with this Georgia Bulldogs team is they do a lot of things well. No one gives a running back any credit, uh, Dave, DeWan Edwards. Um, no one gives Alabama's running back any credit, Jay McClellan. You don't really hear these names. You hear Brock Bowers. Yep. You hear about Jermaine Burton a little bit. You hear about Jalen Milroe and how he's not that good, but I actually think he's really good. And you hear about Carson Beck. It's not that Alabama's not playing anybody. Kentucky's a good team. LSU's supposed to be good. Tennessee's supposed to be good. Auburn is better than they've been. Um, they played Texas. What are you really asking of this Alabama team? They've gone out of their way to play some teams. And I'm not the biggest fan of either of these teams. So I love that 
you know, this is the SEC championship. We get to really, you know, see a good, you know, smack down, you know, 52 degrees. They probably just put the dome on. I don't know. It's Mercedes Benz and what they want to do with it, with the retractable roof or whatever. It's just, I just believe that that thing is just keep it closed. Keep it closed. A lot of people going to be there. A lot of red. A lot of Alabama fans, a lot of Georgia fans. I do like the over 55 and a half. I do think it goes over, goes over that total. Georgia wins though. I mean, Georgia wins. This is the Georgia team of now and not old. The old Georgia team of the 2000s, they were choking it away. Like they would get up to a certain point, choke it away. And I think a lot of guys that played for Georgia just really were kind of like Ohio State in a way. You know, playing there's a big deal. Play Georgia, you played Ohio State. That's it's football time. It's football time. They both have gotten better at basketball over the last, you know, decade. But they're mostly just always football schools, you know, since you've since you probably ever watched, like me. And they're known for football. And Alabama has just been a powerhouse and they're going to really bring it to this Georgia team but this Georgia team doesn't have many flaws they took their foot off the gas against Georgia Tech but they were at Georgia Tech that's a rival they played at Tennessee so I have to give them credit for that and uh, back to back road games and winning and that's why I say Georgia wins, no doubt in my mind. But I know Alabama's going to bring it. So over 55 and a half points is the best bet. Georgia wins, though. You know, I really like Georgia's chances. 3 p.m. on Saturday, SMU Mustangs head up into, this is a funny one. You're going to love this one. Yulman Stadium. Yulman. They're going to play the Tulane Green Wave, who are 11-1 and one on the year. And the Green Wave have been nasty on defense. They're making teams look silly. They made the road... I mean, they made those roadrunners look silly. Then, they were just, you know, keeping up with everybody else. You know, a couple other teams they made look silly, but... Really, that game against the roadrunners was like, oh yeah, they're they're strong, you know? And they're a good home team. And uh, they're chilling. They've been here because they played the Roadrunners here last week. So this is going to be a tough game for SMU. Close game. I like the under 47 and a half. I don't think this goes over. But the best bet is uh, SMU's money line. SMU to win. They're the underdog plus three underdog on the spread. But I believe they win the game. They have a, a great quarterback, Preston Stone. And I'm not going to go against uh, Preston here because this is Preston's super show. I mean, come on now. He's got 3,197 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, and only six interceptions on the year. He has completed 206 of his 344 passes. That's almost 100 more passes than Tulane's quarterback, Michael Pratt. And I also like the running style of SMU with 
Jalen Knighton, who can bounce the big one and take it to the house. And that's what he's going to need to do against two lanes. Tough front seven. I believe this is a game that's so even that it does come down to who just turns the ball over the least wins. SMU wins for my money. Next game up, Sun Belt Championship. That was the AAC, the American Athletic Championship, where I have SMU beating Tulane, who is ranked number 22, by the way, Tulane is. But they have gotten that wrong, haven't they? The Sun Belt Championship, Appalachian State Mountaineers versus Detroit Trojans. Troy is a fast team, and they're up against this Appalachian State team that has, you know, become, you know, a, a formidable opponent to everybody. You know, they have a chance against everybody, seems like, during the regular season. 3 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Sunbelt Championship at Veterans Memorial Stadium, Alabama. Public likes Troy. The minus five and a half favorites. I like uh, that the total opened at 51 and a half and moved to 52 and a half, a full point. That's a good sign for a lot of points in this game. I think we do get some some good scoring. Troy's defense a little bit underrated, but um, Appalachian State can't move the ball. This is an offense that has done it all year. And at times it hasn't looked great. But over their last, you know, five games, they've won them all. And you're talking about a, you know, important stretch of games for them to get to this point. Troy's beaten some teams that are good, though. That USA team, that Texas State team, um, Rage of Cajuns on a down year a little bit, but they, they started to pull back together, and then, you know, Troy beat some too. I like Troy to win. I like the over. I think that's where you want to be for your money's worth. But I do like Troy to win the game. I don't want to be on the spread in that situation in a Sun Belt Championship with an underdog that's a known underdog school. Appalachian State Mountaineers, is they're known underdogs, App State. So when you look at the Michigan Wolverines versus Iowa Hawkeyes, that comes on at 7 p.m. And this is pretty easy to shape. I mean, Michigan hasn't lost. They beat Ohio State comfortably, in my opinion. And then they turn around and uh, they play an Iowa team that's just been shredded all year. I mean, not losing, but banged up. Then you look at them and what have they done? Like, who have they beaten? They're a 10-2 team. Lost two games in the conference. Won to Minnesota. Minnesota didn't even make it to a bowl game. Okay? So that's not, like, a good look for them then if you watch their last few games they were sneaking by and I mean that that loss Iowa had to Penn State 31 to 0 pretty much tells the story right here of how this is gonna go 
I don't think Iowa scores, but probably uh, one touchdown with heart, with courage and determination. They get one touchdown, yes, and Michigan drops 50 on them. Michigan's going to drop 50 on them, respectively, and say, Big Ten, give us a real opponent. Because it's sad that we got Ohio State-Michigan last week and we didn't get it this week in the Big Ten Championship. That's bad for the Big Ten. Bad look. Michigan is fired up. Iowa doesn't have an offense. If you watch the game, Deacon Hill is uh, not a good quarterback, folks. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a good college quarterback. He's just not a good quarterback. And he's out of shape. And I don't know what that I don't know what that is. I don't know what's going on with Iowa's team. But they held this phony little thing together long enough. The jig is up. The jig is up. Lucas Oil Stadium. Are you kidding me? This is gonna be a slam dunk for Michigan. Thirty-four and a half total, go over. Iowa's defense is not going to stop Michigan. Get out of here with that. I mean, you got to be kidding me, Big Ten. Jeez, Iowa snuck it out over Nebraska, snuck it out over Illinois, and they find themselves here. It's hilarious. Got to do better, Big Ten. Coming up on the final game for the ACC Championship, And this is Saturday, 7 p.m. Everybody settled in to watch the number 14 Louisville Cardinals potentially take down the Florida State Seminoles, who are ranked number four in the country. And if the college football playoff started today, they would be in as the fourth team. What I think is going to happen is Louisville is going to win this game. I think there's too much against Florida State. Don't think home field's going to help them here. No Jordan Travis, no win. Um, you were able to hold on against Florida. You were able to hold on against North Alabama. And it is unfortunate Jordan, Jordan Travis got hurt because this team would be in a position, you know, to do something incredible for their program. But they're going to resort back to rebuild mode because Louisville's going to come and, uh, give them a slice of humble pie and the Louisville Cardinals are 10 and 2 7 and 1 in the conference they're no scrub they went into Miami showed that they're better you know beat both Virginia teams back to back uh, beat a Duke team didn't even let them score um, and they lost to Kentucky we all know they should have lost to Kentucky Kentucky is the better team in Kentucky than Louisville that's how it's supposed to be. Now you're in a situation, especially with the way Kentucky is playing, the way I seen Kentucky play. I mean, the way Kentucky is playing, when they play their best ball, they can be with anybody. So I don't see that type of performance from, you know, Florida State anywhere else because I feel like they'll go to a good bowl game if they win, you know, but there's no shot for them to make the college football playoff. So, uh, what would happen is Louisville would want to get a better bowl game, but Florida State would be, you know, out of a college football playoff opportunity, no doubt. Um, there are, you know, it's, it's, 
it's honestly, it's not right for them to even go to a college football playoff and have to watch them flounder or something because they don't have their stud quarterback. That's I don't want to see that. I want to see Louisville win this game. 7 p.m. Saturday. I like Louisville to win. Uh, totals at 46 and a half. It opened at 51 and a half. It's coming down fast. Yeah, it's coming down fast. Louisville's going to take that one. That's going to wrap it up for the show. You got my picks. And I will also say how many total points will be scored. I'm going to roll with uh, 45. I think there's about 45 points scored in that game. Under that current total of 46 and a half. So, ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night. God bless. Palms 37-4 KJV.